welcome to another episode of Hanging in the Hangar. I'm Kyle Corey here with Daniel Meek and our uh, special guest Kyle Lira. What up? Here for a longer than I can. Our local science expert here to talk about things unrelated to science. The doctor. Yeah, so first, I'm, I'm excited. I'm on break, so no science this week. Um, I will not be answering any science questions. But yeah, let's do it. Today we're gonna start talking about Thanksgiving. Uh, you guys have any of your favorite Thanksgiving foods that you're excited for this week? Um, yeah, me, Daniel. <laughs> uh, sweet potato casserole is like my favorite, but not just any sweet potato casserole. Um, specifically, my mom, or is it my grandmother? I can't remember. One of them, uh, it, it's amazing with this like um, hard topping uh, like brown sugar crust on top yeah. it's just amazing um my, also my mother-in-law makes a great uh sweet potato casserole as well it's kind of hard for me to choose between the two um so i love you mother-in-law um also pecan pie uh pecan pie is my favorite thing in the world um but i need vanilla ice cream to be on top of it that's it yeah, you could go on for an entire I, podcast on Thanksgiving. I could keep going. Yes, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna, I'm just gonna keep it to two. Is this this is your favorite holiday? Yes. Okay. Yes. Big eater. Big eater. I just get really excited about um, a table with like hardly any room on it, with just tons of food on there, and like eat a ton of food and go take a nap and wake up and just eat more food. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. But. I am a bit, I don't know if I'm a contrarian, but I'm not a big Thanksgiving person. I The Thanksgiving aspect, all for it. And I'm never someone to just skirt past Thanksgiving. I think it's important that we have Thanksgiving. Um, but in terms of like Thanksgiving foods, I'm just like not, like I like them. Don't get me wrong. But I do not, there's not one particular dish that I just love. <laughs> Like, when people ask, like, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? I say rolls. And I feel like a lot of people are lying when they don't say rolls. Yes, rolls. Like Sister Schubert? (laughs) Do you know what those are? Do they have those in California? I don't know. Maybe native to the South. But we typically do, like, crescent rolls, which are really good. We do, like, homemade rolls. There's a lot of roll variations you can go with. Um, Hawaiian rolls, if you're feeling... Yeah. <laughs> I just tried one of those the other day. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. So I feel like everybody probably wants to know this, but... Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you like Thanksgiving? It's not that I don't like Thanksgiving. Maybe I should I should start with that. Is I, it, may have, I may have misspoke there. But... Do, do, do me, like... <laughs> do, do my people need to apologize to me? <laughs> It'd be a start. Okay. Maybe there's some... <laughs> Deeper genetic. <laughs> From my people to you. Yeah. Oh gosh. We're sorry? Thanks for the corn? It's a start. And all that to say, um, yeah, I enjoy Thanksgiving. I enjoy the communal aspect. I feel like eating around a table is kind of lost nowadays. A lot of people are just kind of like eating and doing their own thing. So that's a really cool part of Thanksgiving where you have a lot of people that maybe you don't also get to see throughout the year. Um, but food selection wise, it's not like up there for me. And also like 
when you think about it, you can kind of have all those same foods for Christmas, too. I feel like that kind of carries over. You have a lot of, like, the turkeys and stuff. I get that. Um, so, I don't know. What about just, you? Uh, yeah. yeah um, so, I... I'm going to commit a little bit of heresy here. I don't really like potatoes. I've never liked them. That's okay. And everyone's always like, why? That's like the main Thanksgiving food. I love turkey. I like pumpkin pie. But my favorite food is a soup. Okay. My dad will take all the leftover turkey and all the leftover vegetables and he'll make a soup the days after. And it's my favorite part of Thanksgiving. It is so good. Leftovers are a great part. Yeah. You can make a ton of sandwiches. I do love the sandwiches. But in terms of, like, Thanksgiving food, I feel like there's not a ton that I'm like, oh, this is so incredible. Like, I kind of talking about, like, carrying it over to Christmas. I don't really like Christmas food because my family tends to do ham. And, like, I don't really like ham. You don't? Um, okay. But we, we're, we more do, like, Christmas breakfast. But when we do, like, the Christmas dinner, it's usually ham and I don't really eat ham. I think ham is the far superior meat to turkey. Really? I, I agree. Are you a honey baked as well, or do you? Just doesn't like, matter. It doesn't matter. I don't really care. I love honey baked. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I used to like it, but then something happened. Um, I'm with you on potatoes, although I love potatoes. <laughs> it's not. It's not like I'm not. Thanksgiving is not about potatoes to me. I know I said sweet potato casserole, completely different. This has been a topic of conversation. Okay. Around, and 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 you may have may have heard this already. So mac and cheese. Yes, it's in there. It is that a Thanksgiving food though? I think it's just started to become one. Yeah, but it wasn't in the past. Uh, it's always been part of okay. my family's. So I'm from the north and it's never been until recent. I feel like do you guys? This might not be true, but is is Thanksgiving a bigger deal in the southeast? I think these days it might be. I mean, we celebrate it like it's definitely a big thing for like New England. Um, like I think the fall weather especially is a big thing for New England. Um, like you know when people think New England, typically they'll think you know autumn, fall time. But I think as far as like Thanksgiving go, that I think that like mac and cheese is one of those foods that I consider to be very southern. Yeah. In terms of its uh, applicability. Yeah, I just I think I just think of like the southeast as like casseroles, mm-hmm. overeating. Like, what can we put Ritz crackers on top of and call it vegetables, too? Like, we have so many casseroles at my house that are, like, sprinkled with crackers on top. And I'm like, what is that? But, yeah, broccoli, green bean, squash, like, all those casseroles. Yeah, like. Just amazing. I found, like, we had a work Thanksgiving, and they'll have, like, green bean casserole and, like, the southern greens. What's that thing called? Like turnip greens or collard greens? Collard greens, yeah, yeah that thing. Where, um, and then, like, to have, like, fried chicken and stuff like that, which I think is common down here to have for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it is. Like. Really? Where do you guys stand on cranberry sauce? Not for me. No? I don't care what it is. I mean, I prefer the cranberry sauce that's, like, real cranberry sauce, mm-hmm. but if it's the kind that you just slide out of a can and it stays in the shape the of like the can. Thing? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I love it. Just throw it on anything. So you don't carry it away. Like you could put dressing or stuffing and turkey and cranberry sauce and gravy on a piece of bread and put another piece of bread on top of it and smush it together and I'm eating all of it. Is there anything, let me ask you this, 
Is there anything that you have to have made or, or has to be done particularly for Thanksgiving? No. It sounds like you're just going to eat no, whatever's don't care. in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't care. That seems to be the, the, the <laughs> summary of today is Daniel will eat anything and everything at Thanksgiving. That's true. And then take a nap. That's true. That's yeah. awesome. Football in there? Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like speaking of football, like Thanksgiving traditions, like is there anything that you guys and your family will do that is like something you look forward to? I don't. Um, I, I guess one thing, like when I'm back home in California and we, we have had Thanksgiving, we have this nice like Waterford crystal like plates and, and glassware and all of that. And so we, we bring that out for um, special occasions. That's like a family um family thing that's been passed down from from generation to kind generation, of a weird, I guess. Kind of weird flex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, yeah. We don't have any traditions. I mean, nothing outside of just getting together, eating lunch, watching football. That's yeah. not really a, a tradition. You do it at lunchtime. Because I know people do it at dinner now. Yeah. So growing up, growing up, both sets of my grandparents lived in the same city. So we just hit them up both in the same day. So we would eat like an early lunch at one of my grandparents' houses, chill with them for a little bit, take a nap, then go over to my other grandparents' house for like a late lunch or an early dinner. It would usually be like three or four. Mm-hmm. And I mean, after that, you're just food coma. And then you wake up at like eight or nine o'clock and you eat leftovers. So Yeah, like we used to always start off our morning, have like a very light breakfast and we'd watch the Macy's Day Parade. Um, and then we have like Thanksgiving dinner at like two or three mm, and okay. then out the rest of the day. So early dinner. Yeah. So you, do you guys watch the parades? Do you guys watch the stuff on TV? I used to. I feel like recently I'll just kind of like be there while it's going on but I like won't really pay attention. It's one of those things where I'm watching it, that and the dog show that goes on yeah. as well. I'm watching those just waiting Okay. Like the are things that are on that. It's hey, on the TV. It's on the TV. I have. There's nothing else on on a Thursday afternoon morning time. Well, it's usually morning time for me because oh, on the West Coast. Um. So I'm just watching those things, just waiting. Cool. Yeah. So after Thanksgiving, people yeah. start putting on the Christmas music. Oh. When is the appropriate time for Christmas music? It's not now. It's not. I mean, yeah, yeah. Not now. that might be a hot take, but. Nowadays, it seems like that. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody is ready for Christmas, like, in October. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like. Oh, this office on November 1, Christmas music was being played. Well, we had uh, Elf playing on loop. It's Yeah, it's on, like, every day down here yeah. on the TV. It's just Elf is just playing on, on loop. <laughs> you could at least choose a better Christmas movie, in my opinion. That might be a hot one. <laughs> okay, like what? Ooh. So my favorite Christmas movie. Well, I have two favorites of two different things. Home Alone is great. And then It's a Wonderful Life. Two d- very different movies for, for different reasons. But when people ask, I say Home Alone. Okay. It's a good one. It's a solid one. Do you have Kyle? Like, so It's a Wonderful Life is the one that we tend to watch every year. And that's mostly because my sister likes it. And I didn't really used to like it all that much because, like, seeing the same movie over and over again, it's, like, I don't really like to do that all that much. Um, You know, I know they have, like, the hallmark, like, 25 days of Christmas, and they'll play a different movie every night. So, like, 
half the time growing up, my family would be like doing that like every night, yeah. watching different ones. But I think my favorite is probably Rudolph growing up. But I feel like there's not a ton. Like I know my my uh, triplet sister loved uh, the Holiday. It's like the one with uh, Kate Winslet and okay, uh, what's Jude Law and Jack Black and what's her face Cameron Diaz. I've seen it. Yeah, don't remember it. Okay, we used to watch that a bunch as well. But I feel like I'm always like excited to watch something new. When you said yeah. Rudolph, is that the like the Clay Nation? Yeah, one? that is an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. And you said like Hallmark has a different movie on for twenty five yeah, days. So like, but let's be honest, they're all the same. Movie. They're all the same. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're getting <laughs> the Netflix movies that are all like the same movie over and over and over again. Oh yeah. 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 Home Alone is the clear number one for me. Okay, I thought you were about. Well, you gave me a look, and I was. A no, it was, it was a look of approval. <laughs> oh, good. Home Alone, uh, Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. That one's underrated. That one's very that one's underrated. Good. My Third cousin one. has memorized the first two completely. Wow, that's impressive. I love both of those movies. Um, I think Elf is hilarious. Probably seen it much, uh, too much now. And then um, the first, the Santa Claus movie with Tim Allen. Um, Tim Allen was like the 90s like comedy star for me and so when he played santa claus i just thought it was hilarious he's awesome yeah he's awesome uh hot take i do not like christmas music really i didn't used to like it i mostly still don't uh my least favorite song i've ever heard is the song hey santa and my parents were big radio people growing up okay so like we'd be driving seven hours to our grandparents house and radio only lasts about three hours before they repeat all the same songs. So you'd be hearing all the songs over and over and over again throughout, like, yeah, yeah. at least one and a half times, like, at least two times, maybe three. And that one song, my whole family agreed, was the worst Christmas song. Uh. But I've noticed that, like, a lot of new artists that I listen to have been, like, releasing Christmas music. Like, I just saw, like, a ton of new songs based on, like, old Christmas music just show up like, the past couple weeks. So, like, when it's... I'm finding that I like listening to Christmas music when it's an artist that I already like. Oh, yeah. Versus, like, old classics that are, like, they're fine. I'll listen to them, but I'm not going to, like, sit down and just put it on. Yeah, I think... I think I like... Christmas music is fine, but I... Like, the style of Christmas music, I don't love. Mm -hmm. But if it's a band that I like that's doing a Christmas song... Yeah. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Does Fish have a Christmas album? <laughs> Fish has a Christmas Gosh, album. Fish. There's there's three songs on it, and it's four hours long. <laughs> Just kidding. But could be very, very true. But that could be true. Yeah. Two true songs. Uh, you guys want to help me? Not really, but go ahead. Okay. I got a question. Two, basically two different questions, and it's it's what's the difference but you can help me figure out. So, what's the difference between a scent, a smell, and an aroma? Ooh, okay, say that again. A scent, a smell, and aroma. This isn't a joke. One is spelled with an A. That's <laughs> that's true. Um, scent definitely has a better connotation. Start with that. When oh, I think, so you think of smell, that's not a good thing. It usually, I feel like, mm. oh, that smells. Like that, 
Like, you think that's a bad I feel like instantly I'm like, that's a bad thing. I feel like oh. smell is all-encompassing. Like, I feel like smell, you can say is anything, where I feel like scent <laughs> is more like, 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 odor is the one that I'm like, oh, that has the negative connotation. But, uh, like, smell, I think, you know, I can smell something. It's like an action. Like, you kind of use that for everything. It's the only verb. Yeah. Right? You can't say, oh, this sense. Where, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, I feel like scent has to do more with, like, the innate, innate quality of, like, an object or something has, like, a scent. Wow. It's most okay. Where, like, aroma for me, I think of as, like, a lot stronger. Like, an aroma is something that's, like, more, like, pro profound and intense. Oh. Versus a scent is, like, oh, you have to kind of have to go up to it to smell it. Yeah, and aroma, so, I don't even think of, like... It doesn't even always have to be like a smell. It's kind of just like a vibe. You just like, like there's a an aroma. Yeah. There's just like a, an energy. It's, there's an aroma. For some reason, I think the exact opposite of you. Like, I think uh, of a scent. I think of a scent as like on the cartoon. Like, you can follow like the vapor trail to something. Like, you see like a. Like a picture of garbage with like steam coming mm. off of it. I think you're thinking a lot of like scent. hunting. That's where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah that's where it but is. But it's like more yeah. acute. Like it's like okay. I think of aroma. I feel like is thick. more widespread. Okay, I think of a scent as thick, and an aroma. I think like oh, you gotta you have to do that. You have to waft it. You know what I mean? You have to get a waft of the like aroma. Incense, like it just, like just takes over a room. Like okay, an aroma or something. It takes over the room? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, go back to... Okay. So... So you like to have an aroma. You just take over. So this is commonly... Or this is not commonly known. It was originally... The word was originally aroma. Because it would take up the whole room. Like you just said. You thought about this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Someone did his research. But now I think you said aroma. It's more broad. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like this. What well, is do it because one. is let's it because it. it's the smell like Rome's aroma? <laughs> Maybe it's ancient, like the Romans. Oh, yeah. I'm, we should do a ling oh, language of origins. So okay, this is cool. What about what's another one? Yeah, have you been thinking about a lot of these? Yeah. Okay. Oh. So, what's the difference between a nerd, a geek, and a dork? You're a nerd, a geek, uh, and a dork. Dork doesn't mean that you're smart necessarily like a dork is just like someone that's goofy and silly you know what okay I mean? you know what i mean like yeah like yeah. oh you're such a dork like yeah. that doesn't make you like that has nothing to do with intelligence do you think dork is what a nerd calls like someone who thinks that they're a smart nerd i think dork can be used by anybody yeah okay i feel like dork is how you say like someone is uncool but not a sense of like they're lame they, they don't prescribed to like usual coolness but yeah. like, there's like a charmingness to it okay where i feel like typically like the way we tend to use uh nerd is in like you're in tune with aspects of culture that are uh uncool like there at least used to be like comics yes and, today and though the nerds have taken yeah. over yeah in the 90s nerds around the world mm -hmm. in the 90s have you guys ever seen saved by the bell it's been a yeah. long time okay so saved by the bell like Screech was a nerd, yeah. mm -hmm. and when they showed nerds, it was like very negative. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like they were socially awkward and they were like pimple faced. But now, I think with technology, nerds are like mm -hmm. 
nerds are taking over. But the thing is, is like in the younger stages, you wouldn't like think of nerds as being a cool thing. It's only yeah. later on when you have. I, I think a lot yeah. of it has to do with like money all and all success. The nerds, yeah, yeah, the nerds like, have all the money. Like, <laughs> yeah, like no one's gonna. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, geek. I don't. Uh, you I have, have a hard squad. Time. So yeah, geek yeah. is the most different of these, and the reason I say that a, is because geek has another like connotation with it. It originally attuned to carnival performers who would do like really obscene okay. acts such as like biting the heads off of like chickens. That's like a geek. Chickens. That's what a geek used to be. I feel like you did some Wikipedia. Or no, so me and my friends back in like middle school or high school. He already got, he went no. through all of these so I used, like years ago. And no, like, so, I can't believe you got to this stage. So yeah, now. years ago we uh, had to make a song for one of our classes and I think it's the song Dynamite by whoever that Tyler guy Tyler Cruz, baby. Maybe. And no, it is. It's the, the song's like, I'm a freak, 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 freak. We so changed it to be, I'm a geek. geek, geek okay. Because my friend Jacob had looked it up and he was like, wait a second. Like, this means carnival performer who bites the heads off of like live chickens and snakes. Wow. That's like, oh. So, so I, there actually is a big difference. Yeah, yeah, a big difference. <laughs> if, you, if anyone ever calls himself a geek and you're on a date with them, you're That's very offensive. Which one of these is negative? Uh, geek now. Geek, yeah. geek is definitely... I mean, it always has been. I feel like nerdiness is allowed. Geekiness is more... I mean, unless you work at Best Buy. Yeah. Yeah. Geek squad. Because you're not on the squad. Yeah. Yeah. Whole squad. I was thinking about it, and I was thinking a nerd can be all-encompassing. That's fair. And a geek has, like, a niche. Mm-hmm. Like you could be like a Star Wars geek, or you could be a computer geek. I feel like nerd is not the geek. same because nerd is like like when people say like, "Oh, I'm gonna nerd out." Which one cosplays at the conventions? Nerds, nerds. Those are nerds. That's why yeah. I say like that's nerding okay. out. So geek so can dorks like go to like, the conventions? They can, but I feel like I said I don't. Th- I feel like dork is so separate from those yeah, other two. I feel like dork is your personality, yes. where nerdiness is the things that you indulge okay. in. Dork is more associated with like quirkiness in my mind. Yeah, I feel like a dork would show up to like a Star Trek convention with a lightsaber. Like I would say you're a dork, but you're not a nerd <laughs> or a geek. Is that like an intelligence? It thing? could. It could be. That might be. <laughs> that might be it. Okay. Um, yeah. Is it because of my sweatshirt? Yeah. I'm glad Taylor lets you borrow her clothes, though. <laughs> it's really nice of her. It looks I good. Yeah. I, I appreciate all of Taylor's fashion sense. Need a little scarf or something. <laughs> Speaking um, of masculinity. <laughs> I we just got back I from can't pull, dude. I can't pull a scarf off. Um, there are some men... That can pull scarves off. I feel like Kyle, you're a you're a scarf man. You just need the right scarf. I, I've seen your scarf. Yeah, that one right here. Oh, there you go. I'm I feel like I might be too fat. It's my backpack. Can you wear a scarf if you're fat? You're not fat. No, like you just need like a scarf that has like masculine colors. That's to a manly it, scarf, and it's like thinning. Yeah, you got a thicker scarf is just going to take up too is much. Is it a manly space. scarf because it's black? Uh, it's Brown. it's uh, it just looks a little more like harsh, like rough. Yeah. Like this is my biggest in darker stuff. colors. Think so. Yeah. It, yeah, it really is about the colors and it's about like the thickness. Right. Like, I feel like a lot of women's scarves tend to be like more crocheted, like thicker material. Okay. Um, they also have like those infinity scarves. Um, you know the ones, that are, they're no. the ones that are like 
Is it? There's just no end. There's no end. Yeah, it's like looped. Oh yeah, I've bought Taylor like three yeah. days. She never wears any of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh no, I've gotten her, I've gotten my wife terrible Christmas gifts. I run into Target two days beforehand. Taylor, if you're listening to this, this is not what I do. Yeah. And I'm just like, where's the scarf? And I'm like, ooh, that one. And I yeah. just put, I just like buy it. You also need like the right jacket to go with a scarf. Okay. Like I don't, I don't think you could just wear a scarf with anything. Okay. That's. I get that. I think that's a good. Like situation. Star Wars T-shirt yeah. and scarf. No. Okay. In the summer. But yeah, I mean masculinity. Yeah, men's retreat. Men's retreat. Went. Yeah, we just got back from. Uh, yeah. Weekend men's retreat. We took a trip down to um, Fall Creek Falls, about a two-hour drive from Nashville. Uh, it's got a, a great lodge, um, like so many different hiking trails, waterfalls. Um, I mean, if you wanted to play golf, you could play golf. I don't think anybody did. I don't think. I mean, it was freezing. It was cold. You could fly fish. You, I mean, you could bass fish. Um, you could uh, rent boats and go out on the lake that they have there. Um, again, it was 25 degrees, so nobody really did that. But we went out and did some hiking. It was it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, our free time was, at least for me, was just spent hiking. So when I came back, I think it was, what, Saturday? I mean, six hours of hiking, and, and I was with Bobby Freeman, who was just a wild man. Um, but it was awesome. Like we, we got to see some really cool waterfalls. Um, that was obviously how they marketed it. It was all these great waterfalls and sites. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we did some exploring, went off the trail a few times and it was awesome. Uh, got to hang out with the guys there. Um, so it was a great time just to kind of get away and to chill. And, um, but also just to kind of grow and, and learn more about biblical masculinity. Cause I think that's something that you know, we don't really get to focus on and talk about uh, yeah. church a lot. So, yeah, it seems to be either we we have a view of biblical masculinity that gets um, almost almost oppressive in its like patriarch patriarchy, mm-hmm. um, which I think there's a right way that patriarchy can be viewed in the Bible, but or or we just say because masculinity has contributed to some wrongs in society then we just don't need to focus on it at all um and so it was it was really good to hear our um our speaker uh jim doggett he's a a a guy from birmingham alabama he goes to oak mountain presbyterian um he came and spoke to us he led us through three different sessions uh cal do you you remember the names of the sessions i do yeah um so the first was biblical masculinity after christ uh the subtitle was prophet priest and king and i really like that session uh, in particular that was our first one our second one was called our call as men the life of repentance uh and then one of our last ones was um centered around I, i don't remember the the first title but the subtitle was masculinity in a gender confused world oh moving out moving out yeah it was called moving out masculinity in the gender confused world yeah um i i really like the you said the first one really spoke to you yeah um i'd love to hear your thoughts on it but just quickly mine the second one really really spoke to me was the life of repentance Mm -hmm. um i mean growing up again in the 90s was pretty close like a generation away from um Kind of that that boomer generation that was a little bit more of uh, 
uh, don't talk about it, um, don't ask about it, um, you know, grit and bear it and, and get through it. And, you know, men don't talk about their problems. And uh, that's probably some of the ways that I lean um, towards like kind of uh, approaching some of my problems is just like, I'm fine, I'm a man. But thinking about uh, a life of repentance, um, being manly, um, to think about how Christ would have us um, die to ourself and to, to live this life of constantly turning to him, um, to kind of lay down my life for my wife, for my kids, for my ministry, for the people that are around me, my friends, my family. Uh, it just, it really impacted me. And I think one, one of my, and I'll shut up and let you talk, Kyle, one of, one of the biggest takeaways that I took from the whole entire men's retreat um, was just these two words that, that I wrote down and just really want to remember I've been focusing on for the last couple of days. It was respond carefully, respond mm-hmm. carefully. I think normally I'm a little harsh. Um, I'm a little impulsive. Um, you know, if me, and, if me and you guys are kind of just like joking around and making fun of each other, um, I'm liable to either go too far or maybe say something that's a little bit um, too much. Um, and I want to be a person, a man, a husband, a father, a friend who really thinks about his words, really thinks about his responses, and is not just a man who's uh, prone to impulse and, and to be reaction uh, reactionary. So yeah. that was one thing I took away from that. Yeah. I, I mean, all the sessions were great. I, I love that one on repentance. Um, really speaking, to, kind of breaking down a little bit of what I had thought about when it comes to like accountability groups and a lot of ways that we think about um, just our struggles and repentance and all of that and, and not centering it. The focus of those accountability groups or whatever the case may be um, is not centered around um, people and all that, but all of those, the accountability groups and all that, what I'm trying to say is, I guess, all of those things are good things, but each of those things should be pointed to Christ, who should be um, what we're turning to in our struggles and in um, in repentance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I really liked the, that first session. And again, like I said, all the sessions were really good. Um, but it was an interesting way of kind of looking at uh, masculinity because he broke it down into three kind of categories and how we go about um, carrying out uh, our, our calling as, as men and just as believers in general. Um, so I can kind of walk through this really briefly um, so the first uh, kind of role, if you will, was prophet. Um, so to k- kind of give background, prophets in the Old Testament were mouthpieces for God. And, and um, as we see in the New Testament, Christ becomes the final and sufficient prophet. Um, but as it relates to us and, and what it looks like for us um, as prophets today, um, a lot of this in, in terms of a, a role is applying like a sort of leadership um, Maybe it means entering into a new and hard place or proclaiming truth, um, all of those different things. So just taking on a real uh, leadership role as a prophet. Um, So that's kind of the first role that we're called into. And then second, we have priest. So again, as a background, as a priest, Jesus offered himself as the perfect sacrifice. And if you know anything about the Old Testament, um, priests were sort of the intercessors for the people, and they atoned for the sins of their people by offering blood sacrifices. And obviously... Christ being the perfect sacrifice that atoned for, the, for our sins. Um, and so what that looks like and what he's kind of describing with that as our role as men as, as priests 
is engaging others. Um, and so being a kind, loving space where others can be real. And, and I think uh, for men, sometimes that can be more difficult because we want to keep this harder exterior. Yeah. Maybe especially in like uh, previous generations, like you were talking about, Daniel, like the don't talk about and, and whatever. Um, so that was that second role. And then the final role was king. And I, I feel like a lot of us perked up when we heard king. So we were like, yeah, I want to be the king, right? Um, so obviously Jesus rules as king, um, that sin would no longer rule. He is the king of kings. Um, and then we, again, thinking of context and all of that, uh, kings were um, put into these positions to establish borders, policies that were equitable and just. Um, so um, looking out for the people, um, safety, um, all of those things. Uh, and so as I was listening, I was like, okay, well, how is this going to relate to roles? And so what Jim was talking about was uh, a king establishes, you know, efficient systems. Um, and, and what that looks like is placing all of the things in your domain. I really like that word of domain mm -hmm. uh, in an order pleasing to God. And that was really convicting for me. Uh, and then also with that, in, in terms of talking about the policies and all of that, that involves seeing and not only just seeing, but speaking up and acting in the midst of injustice and mm -hmm. something that we as believers are called to. We are called to proclaim the truth and um, to look out for um, the meek and the, the powerless. Um, mm -hmm. So I really liked all of those things um, that Jim had to share. And we had a really good time of reflecting on each of those three um, roles, things that we're strong at, but more importantly, things that we could really use um, more work in and to be strengthened in. Um, so that was a really good time just talking with um, some guys about that and hearing where they're at. Um, and yeah, it seemed like a lot of us were strong in the um, priest, the role of priest. Yeah, because yeah, we were we, we were like, yeah, I, I love sharing the gospel, and it's something I love and all of that. Um, but just had struggles elsewhere. I don't know. And I think, well, I think today's today's culture, and even within like the Christian church, we have placed a, a huge emphasis on the characteristics of a priest. Like, like Jim was talking about, or like be a safe place for those around you, um, provide comfort, be real, be vulnerable, be sacrificial, be an intercessor. And we've definitely placed an emphasis on those things within the church for in a good way, but sometimes to the detriment of the others of like a prophet goes and he says, thus saith the Lord and calls people to repentance. Yeah. Not because he is this cocky, like harsh dude, but because he loves them and cares about him. And, and a king, you know, we, there's this whole movement of like, you know, king energy and, and this yeah. whole like red pill masculinity movement that's like um, a little toxic. But to be a king, like we're supposed to be imitators of Christ, right? And Christ in the Bible is the federal head of the church. And he's depicted as the husband, and the church is depicted as the bride. And we as men are supposed to be the federal heads of our household. And, and one thing that he talked about, and that's not to be dominating over, over our brides, that's, that's out of love um, because we've been given different roles. One thing that, that Jim was talking about that really, really hit me, um, and I wrote, I wrote down in, in this session of Prophet, Priest, and King, was that... Um, if your approach isn't getting the results that you want, 
then maybe you're approaching it um, um, in the wrong role. So like maybe I'm approaching something with my wife from the role of a prophet. Maybe I'm telling her like, hey, your actions in this in this area aren't right and you need to repent and you need to turn to God and you need to believe in faith. And maybe I'm being a little like, you know, strong arming her into repentance or even like guilting her. But what if I approached that same exact thing as a priest and gave her like a safe place to talk to me? And to share what's going on in her heart, or or just like I can do that in ministry, right? I can do that like, um, just I, I think that's applicable to all of us. Is like in these three roles, there's different distinctives within these three roles. And if if there's a problem that I see that I know is a problem, but the way that I'm approaching it, I'm not getting the result. I think is is a biblical result. Maybe I'm approaching it from a different role, yeah. and I need to try it in a different way. And I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the cool part about the uh, men's retreat as well, because things that resonated really strong with me—not to say that they didn't resonate with you—but it was for different reasons because we're all in different life stages. Yeah. Um, one of the last, I think it was really the last session that we were at. Um, Daniel and I were in the same group, along with um, one I of I can't the, get rid of you. Uh, yeah, we were, for context, we also had to stay, we had to stay in the same uh, hotel room. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Daniel wishes. Room. Yeah. Um, but we had a great talk with um, one of the members of the church. His name's Chris. Um, and it was just awesome, you know, hearing his life experiences and, and things that you know he was learning through being a dad a dad of what three girls or is that right uh two girls, two girls one and boy. a boy yeah i think he had a 17 year old a 15 year old and a 13 year old three kids yeah yeah um but just hearing um different things that he was so excited about in those stages of you know when they're starting to get interested in in guys and and girls respectively and um you know just kind of their family dynamic that they have um kind of growing up and and learning what it looks like to be a dad and, and all of that was just so cool because i mean i love the young adults ministry and i love the conversations that we get to have here but it's not very often that i get to hear about those different perspectives and all of that um so it's really cool also to kind of see um you know things that resonate with him obviously with daniel daniel's further along uh, in his stages of life than me, although he may act far more immature. Um, but he has a family, and he's married, and all these different things. So, again, different ways of um, taking what was said and, and what was really uh, meaningful to them. So I thought that was really cool and something that I really loved about the retreat. I don't know about you, but, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, dude, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That was awesome. I, I would encourage any of you guys, if... And you too, Kyle. Um, if you if you guys get the chance um, next year when the men's retreat comes up, I, I would really encourage you guys to come. Um, even even the lodge where we stayed, you think men's retreat? Um, I was thinking like a bunk house, bunk beds, good, um, twelve dudes in a room or something like like dirty like community shower or something. This was just like it was like hotel rooms. It was queen size beds. Um, we each had our own bed. Uh, you know, shower, uh, just, it was, it was great. The whole thing was great. The food was amazing. It was. Uh, breakfast, it, lunch, and dinner was just 
a, a wide variety of like cooked meals, not just like hotel food. It was it was really really awesome. Yeah, Daniel was having Thanksgiving early. He was just <laughs> plates on plates of food. I don't blame him. It was great food. Um, Felt a little gluttonous. Yeah, so maybe something to work on for next retreat. But couple of couple of burpees. <laughs> not we hiked it off. Yeah, we hiked. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Um. Well. As they say, winter is coming. You might already be in it. Uh, I know you, Kyle, you and I are both from very different parts of the country. Uh, this is true. You're from yeah. California. I'm from Connecticut. And Daniel's been from Alabama. Yep. So we all kind of come from areas that have dealt with this differently. And I'm wondering, like, how do you guys uh, prep for the cold? They do say California is the Connecticut of the coast so yeah some, some similarities i've never heard <laughs> you may that. have heard that or, or not um, honestly last year i was not prepared for the cold granted it seemed going through the winter ish this year very different this year as opposed to last year i feel like last year we got hit really hard it got cold really early on into october and then it was just raining a ton it, Honestly, I was pretty miserable. I was like, it's windy, it's cold, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> um, but here we are. So I was much more prepared. I have like actual winter clothes this time. Um, I, I, I literally did not have winter clothes when I moved here. I, I never needed it. The, the most, like the warmest stuff I have are just like hoodies. What, what, what is like the coldest that it gets in LA? It does get cold. Um, it's just different. I don't know. But like we don't. If it, the coldness for me is like it's getting wind chill and all that, and it's dry. Um, I don't know. It can get in the fifties and forties, I guess. But like, yeah, it's just a it's a different cold. I don't know how to describe it. Because there's some days where it feels forty here and it's really warm, but forty in California. Cool. And maybe it's just as soon mm. as you step in California, you're, you're just, the you mindset, ready for mindset and, yeah. switch. Yeah, but I, I mean, I even had friends, and I, I, I also went to undergrad in, in California, and I had friends that would come from Minnesota and all these like really cold places, and they would be cold when I wasn't. And so um, it, they, they said themselves it's a different kind of cold. Um, obviously, everybody has their own opinions, and people like to hate on California, but that's okay. Yeah, I can take it. Definitely not for the weather. No, no. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I got here early October, end of September, and it was pretty warm for the first like few weeks. Um, I think you know, coming from Connecticut, like people are always like, "Oh, like aren't you just like able to deal with the cold easily?" It's like not really. Like I freeze super easy. But, like, I'm just really well prepared for it. Like, I had all the stuff that I needed. Uh, the one thing that I wasn't prepared for was just, like, the roads were just awful during the snow. Oh, and, like, here? The way, oh, yeah. The way, like, yeah, everyone terrible. deals with it, like, it snowed two days in a row. The first day, there was, like, an inch or something, and I was like, I can drive in this easy. I get into work, everyone's there. And I was like, cool, whatever. Like, the next day, it snows again. I'm like, all right, like, it'll just be the same. And there was no one on the roads. <laughs> and I get into work, and there's no one there. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I get, I'm not going to leave, because I, like, the roads weren't, like, easy to drive in, because, like, the way that it had happened was everyone had been driving 
like one tire in the bike lane and one like halfway in. So like no one was at, like all of the, the paths that had been created were not actually in the lanes. And then when all the snow melted, it was just potholes everywhere, which was the worst for months. Um, but like no one knows how to drive here. Like they don't have good infrastructure to deal with that. So like that's the main thing I would say like I took away is like if it snows, ask your boss if, if he's going to work and then decide if you're going to go. Yeah, if, if it snows for like two days here, you just don't go anywhere. Yeah, I didn't know that because like literally we have maybe 90 minutes where like, hey, just give us 90 minutes. We'll clean up everything yeah. and then you're on the roads. Like the the first year that I moved here, it was I moved here in January of 2014, I think. Um, like two months later, it, it was a late snow. It was like March something. That's late for here. Um, maybe like the first or second week of March, it dumped like inches and inches of snow here. And then it never got above like 15 degrees for like nine straight days. And you're just stuck. Like wherever you were, that's that's where you stayed. I remember um, just walking like miles and miles to get groceries, to buy, you know, stuff that I needed because there was no chance I could drive the the crappy car that I was driving at the time. Um, there was no chance it could get on the road or make it because Tennessee is really um, um, mountainous. Like there's a lot of hills. There's a lot yeah. of up and down too. So you really got to be careful about that. In Alabama, we're in the, in the, what we call the Tennessee Valley in North Alabama. Um, so not as many hills, it's a little flatter, and we don't get that kind of weather at all. It's only two hours south of here, um, but we don't get that kind of weather. And, and up here, it does feel different. Like, 25 degrees in Alabama doesn't feel as cold as 25 degrees here in Tennessee, maybe just because of the elevation and, and the wind chill, I don't know. Yeah. But I prepare for the cold with layers and layers and layers. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that, like, on... on Thursday and Friday, or maybe just Friday, I'm going to be out in the woods deer hunting, and um, I'll have so many layers of clothes on. Um, I just don't do good. I love to go out in the cold because it means deer are moving around more, um, but it's miserable to sit out there for hours oh, yeah. and hours and hours in the freezing cold. Yeah, I'm ready for summer. As soon as fall was done, I was ready for summer again. <laughs> Have you guys, um, you know, thinking about things to do in Nashville, have you guys been to any, like, um, high school football games? I know that, that sounds random. I used to coach high school football. This time of year, I'm thinking playoffs, state championship games are coming up next week. Did you guys get to go out to any, like, playoff football games? So I did go to one earlier in, I guess, the fall. Okay. Um, there's one that you were at as well. Mm-hmm. Uh because one of our friends is a teacher and invited us um, to see the schools uh, perform, I don't know, play, whatever the word is. Uh, <laughs> they had a great football team. The, yeah, band, yeah. the band performed and the football team yeah. played. Yeah. Um, team but, like, sure. I've forgotten just how boring uh, high school football is. You bite your tongue. <laughs> like... That really hurts Daniel's feelings. <laughs> hurts my like, heart. We so used much. to go like in high school every once in a while, and like people would go, and then you'd like leave and go home afterwards. Like, and I think 
Like, no one was really scoring in that game. <laughs> yeah, that game was, uh, it was, it was two teams. So, I used to coach for the team that, the team we were there to watch. Yeah was playing, mm-hmm. um, and both of those teams were early in the season, and they're very young teams. They had a lot of underclassmen, sophomores and juniors, and at the time, uh, neither team was playing very good. Now, <laughs> where our friend uh, teaches, um, they are playing in the state championship game next week. Wow. They, they ended up having a great, phenomenal season, um, and dude, it's just so, it's so weird hearing the difference of where you grew up from where I grew up because this is so cliche and you see it on like high school coming of age movies with football games. The whole town goes out to the football game on Friday night. The whole student, like every student in the school, granted some people don't like football, they don't want to go, but the student section is packed. The, the, there's like um, syncopated cheers. Like everybody knows what to do when something happens. When it's third down, everybody says, one thing when when there's a penalty everybody does another thing like the fight song is being sung all that stuff and so it's like none of that is boring to me and and that's what when people ask me I'm doing ministry do you miss coaching my first response is like I really miss Friday nights because it's so much fun and so exciting to me so it's weird to hear the difference and it's just cool it's cool to hear that like not everybody thinks like I think I mean we grew up like my dad's a big football fan, um, and he would watch it all the time. But I was never one to like watch sports. I liked playing sports, but like we'd go to the football games, and like I know in a lot of movies, it's like okay, everyone goes to the football games and have like that one location, like that you know smoothie bar, wherever it is that everyone goes to afterwards. And there just wasn't anything like that. Oh, in my that's town. Tough. You yeah. know, like there wasn't like a location you're like, oh, we're going to go to see everybody from our school. Yeah. Yeah. We all just go home and hang out with our friends huh. at like our house. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. We always had, we had in and out. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was kind of the rally point for, for a lot, not, not just football, but animal style. That's all I know about in and out. <laughs> you probably don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's like nacho cheese on your french fries. Yeah, that's it. Is that, is that it? Pretty much. Is it like onions? Or it's, just like, like, it's just like loaded fries, basically. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I don't usually get it. But. Okay. I haven't gone to a playoff football game. I went to NBA. Um, it is close to where I live. And, yeah. Uh, some of the guys that I lead in D groups are playing on the team. And so it's cool to just go watch them. I mean, that campus is unreal. Um, yeah, that's big time high school football. That's big time high school football. There, I mean, it's it's great to watch. Um, and then got to watch Grace Christian, which is kind of on the more uh, opposite end of um, at least the um, at the very least the size of the team. I mean, they barely had enough players to go. Yeah. Um, but we watched them in a, a pivotal game. It, unfortunately, they lost. Um, they were playing for a playoff spot and really unfortunate but i mean i have friends that went there yeah for high school so it's cool to go watch them and just have a, a different atmosphere i mean you have all the parents that just love supporting their kids and, and all of that um and yeah just smaller smaller football uh atmosphere not what i'm used to i'm used to huge stadiums full of fans of both sides and just big friday night football atmosphere so 
Yeah. Definitely different. Yeah, I think college was definitely more of the time of like going to football games and yeah stuff like that. Like I feel like my school, like we were we had fine football team, we were fine, but I don't know. I don't think people cared like nearly as much. Mm. There's just probably so like there's so much more to do where you came from. There's like there's not that much to do in Decatur, Alabama. Like uh, go to a Friday night football game, or do you want to ride out and park by the river? Park out by the lake. Yeah, yeah we're going to park out by the lake. <laughs> Just happened to be 80 miles from yeah. Santa Fe. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a great song. I love that song. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's time of the podcast where we just talk about something from this week that uh, in our faith that meant a lot. I think Daniel wanted to talk about uh, the message from tonight. Yeah, and I don't want to like, you know, I mean, I taught the lesson tonight. We talked about um, Exodus 32, uh, specifically verses 1 through 6, and we looked at um, idolatry, and we looked at how um, how we kind of have a, a subtle slip into idolatry, uh, some of the things that might um, lead us into idolatry. Uh, talked about four different areas of, of like, um, waiting, um, going along with the crowd, um, you know, trying to, to manifest our own destinies, and then doubting. Um, really, the people, the people of Israel were waiting on Moses to come back down the mountain, um, and because they they got tired of waiting, it caused them to um, kind of all in one voice cry out to Aaron for. Um, an idol to, to make them a God that they could worship. And, uh, you know, when I was like studying, prepping for the lesson, there's a lot of different ways to take it, but I really just thought like, man, this is a harsh reality that we all face. And whereas like, we probably don't carve up little statues and, and bow down to them. Um, but we do worship things that aren't the Lord today. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's just such a, um, a crucial, me- a crucial message for all of us, uh, to do some, some self-assessment to see, um, what are we giving our resources to and why are we giving our resources to them? And, um, yeah, so I, I thought, uh, we had a little smaller crowd tonight. Obviously we had, uh, you know, two days before Thanksgiving, a lot of people are out of town um, it was a really nice kind of intimate setting. It reminded me of two years ago where we were just like super glad if 20 people showed up. Uh, but everybody everybody uh, was talking. Discussion was good. Um, and, and I really, I'm encouraged when you guys, um, some of you know the other young adults that are there, uh, come up to me afterwards to either talk about something that I said or um, to just thank me for the message because I want to be humble and be like, oh, shucks, it was the Lord, and, and, it, and it is, uh, but it's nice It's nice to know that, like, even though there's only 20 people there, um, what we're doing here is, is, it's not in vain. Like, you know, opening up the Word with two people is great, you know, so, yeah, I was encouraged. Yeah. I mean, the, the message of God was proclaimed tonight. I love tonight, and not just saying that because Daniel's sitting here. Um, 
I felt very convicted. I mean, it was addressing a lot of areas in my life where I was like, dang, I really see myself in Israel right now. We were talking a lot about, like Daniel kind of shared, talking a lot about idolatry, um, but also just um, impatience with God. And um, at least that was one aspect and one that really resonated with me. Um, and Daniel posed this question that amongst the many great things that he shared, uh, he posed this question of how many portions of your life when things go wrong are the result of your own impatience? And I thought, I was like, man. And I, there were instance after instance after instance where I was like, dang, if I had been patient, like maybe this doesn't happen. And, you know, God, obviously God redeemed that work and all of that. Um, but, but also Daniel cited Psalm 37, 7, which says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because because of the man who carries out wicked schemes um, but just this idea of us trying to rely on our own understanding our own devices all of that um, it, it was just very convicting for me and, and seeing how the Israelites uh, as soon as Abraham or, I'm sorry Moses not Abraham uh, as soon as Moses leaves for just a temporary portion and they can even see I'm sure on the mountain God just doing incredible things just naturally, just like the sight, um, but them instantly turning and, and looking for other ways and, and making compromises, which is another thing that we kind of talked about today, um, but was really convicted about um, a lot that was shared. And, and, you know, that always is a good message when you feel left convicted. And, and but I, I really loved him. I, all that we discussed and shared. Yeah, I definitely felt a lot of that similar to you, the idea of impatience and um, just the idea of doing things yourself. Uh, you know, I think I grew up in a culture that was very much one of impatience and one of, you know, you have to make your own way. Um, you know, I think I kind of grew up with the mindset that like, I can do anything as long as I just do enough. If I'm working hard enough, I can accomplish things. And I found in my own life, like, there are times like, I couldn't do enough. Like, there was nothing I could do to get the outcome I wanted. There was a sense of entitlement that I had where, like, if I just work hard enough, like, I can have anything. And it's not always the case, and I had been learning that, like, there's times to rely on God, and there's times where, like, you can't focus on your own abilities. Uh, so, I think that's kind of how the message impacted me, uh, in the sense of, like, where am I putting my idols? And a lot of it was, like, in my own ability. Mm. I, I just think of, like, I I have a natural tendency to be self-indulgent. Um, and that might be my own, that might be my biggest idol, is, like, um, comfort-seeking or, like, um, like pleasure seeking in whatever it is, um, could be food, it could be rest, it could be, um, isolation, you know, I mean, just to be quite honest, um, you know, a husband and a father and in ministry, like I'm just around people all day and I love that. Um, but I really feel like, I feel like I, I need some time to like decompress and to be by myself. And that might not be bad, but I feel like I am entitled to it sometimes. Like, I, I do. I think I do an okay job of, as I'm on my way home, 
like being like, okay, you're about to step into the household where your wife needs help, the kids want your attention, and you're not just going to be that man that just sits down on his couch and like, you know, watches the game or whatever. I'm, I'm not that dude. But at the end of the day, when everybody's asleep and everybody's in bed, I'll sacrifice my own rest or my own sleep just so I can stay up for another hour, hour and a half to be by myself. And a lot of times it's mindless entertainment that, that goes on. It's just stupid YouTube videos. It's uh, Paulson or one of you yahoos sending me a, a reel or something on Instagram or um I don't know, just it can just be going down the endless um, mindlessness that is social media sometimes. And for some reason, I'll think, oh, that I'm entitled to that, and also that that's restful, um, almost to like an idolatrous amount. So that, that, that tendency to be self-indulgent is always there for me. Thanks for, for sharing, guys. Um, I think all of you who missed the lesson, like, I think this is something that hopefully we gave you enough of that you can get something out of it. Um, and, you know, for those of you who were there to, uh, tonight that are listening, um, you know, we love having you guys out here. Uh, Daniel, are there anything coming up in the next few weeks? I guess if you, if you weren't here um, and you're listening to this, first off, thank you. Um, we, we are going to start doing, um, 6.30 kind of prayer time. It's not going to be, um, like strictly, uh, structured. I just wanted to provide a space for if people want to show up and, um, get here a little bit early and kind of get in a group with some people and just, um, <laughs> you can go as deep or as shallow as you want to. If you need to unload and beg someone to just pray for you and, and just love on you, that's great. Um, if you just want to participate and listen, that's great. But I think it's it's going to be a good time for people to to be able to connect more with each other um, through the Lord in prayer. That's something that we haven't made a big focus of our ministry. That is a huge aspect of our spiritual life is um, interceding on behalf of other brothers and sisters, and also just spending time talking to our Father. Um, so I wanted to provide a space for that. And then also, for the next two weeks, it'll be our last two weeks in Exodus, uh, Stephen Simmons is going to come in. Stephen Simmons is our men's director. Uh, so he's going to come in next Tuesday uh, to teach the lesson. And then uh, John Bourgeois um, is going to come in and teach the last lesson in Exodus. So get hyped. Looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm excited. I think it's great. All these guys are awesome. Awesome. Well, Kyle, thanks for coming on again and spending some more time with us. Yeah, I've got the full you. experience this time. Yeah. It's a lot that goes into this. Yep. As opposed to just me showing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got deep into the science of words. Yeah, mm -hmm. words and meanings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, to all of our listeners, uh, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Feel free to reach out at hangingandhanger at gmail.com if you have questions or comments that you want to pro uh, provide to us. Um, otherwise, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.